You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. So great. Uh, I'm so thankful that they're so comfortable with me to just like tell me their life story every Sunday, man. Just, you know, I get to ride the bus with my sister. I'm having a new baby. Like just, just, I want you to be aware that you have no secrets, parents. <laughs> be very careful what you divulge around the dinner table. That is so great. So we have reached the conclusion of our uh, stewardship series. Uh, it's called What's Your Story? And if, the, if this is your uh, first time here, uh, uh, it's, I, it's so good to see you, though you're, you're jumping at the very end of a stewardship series, so God bless you. Uh, coming on Commitment Sunday. Our lesson today comes from the Gospel of John, the 21st chapter, beginning with verse 24. It'll be on your screens, and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. This is the disciple who is testifying to these things and has written them. And we know that his testimony is true. But there are also many other things that Jesus did. If every one of them were written down, (laughs) I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we invite your Holy Spirit to be upon us as we meditate on your word this day. Open our hearts, open our minds to what you would have us know. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it has been quite a couple of weeks uh, for the people called Asbury. Uh, I'm so sorry that I was not with you last week. I was in uh, the country of Cuba, uh, which was quite an exciting uh, trip. I've, I've never been to Cuba, and it was a full-time, full-time obligation to take care of Greg Williams and, and Wally uh, Nawas. Uh, I was working, working overtime just to make sure that we all, that we all got back and that the visas were accepted, and that we were there. It was, a, it was a great trip to see how we might partner with a sister church in a city called Faya, F-A-L-L-A, Faya. There is certainly a poverty on the island, but what there is not is a poverty of spirit. There is not a poverty of hope. And it was exciting to see how Asbury might help the Cuban church, the Cuban Methodist church, tell their story with their people. Their worship is, is, is profoundly spirit-led, and it was, it was amazing to see. Also, this past week, uh, most of our staff at Asbury went to Church of the Resurrection in Kansas City to the Leadership Institute, and it was great to hear, uh, I, I stayed back and kept the fort, um, it was good to hear stories of hope that they were texting me. After they would get out of a session, they would say, oh, we need to do a special needs ministry with children. Oh, we need to do this. We need to have this big program for, for guests and visitors who are coming here. We need to do this. We need to do that. And to hear their hopefulness of how God is calling Asbury into the future. It was a great investment for the staff to be there. Pumpkins are coming today. If you have never experienced The pumpkin day where we unload the truck for pumpkins, you should hang out and check it out and we will feed you as well. Our our, our little library that is out in the narthex uh, as we're collecting books for children, it's overflowing. 
we, we, are, we are also, we're, we're repairing our roof uh, to the tune of $100,000. And it's paid for with zero effect to the budget. It's been a busy two weeks at Asbury United Methodist Church. There's a lot going, there's an abundance of the way in which God is calling us out into the world. And this is just, all of this is just in the last two weeks here. Now, if you are in leadership at Asbury, you know that this is the time of the year, tis the season, this is the time of the year where we have to fill out paperwork. Uh, and yeah, I see some of the leaders going, yeah. We have, it's called charge conferences coming up, and we have to give a record and an account of the state of the church. And I will, I will, I will be honest with you, I always am, but I will let you know. Uh, uh, paperwork is not, not my forte. Uh, did not enter into ministry to do paperwork, but it is a necessary part of what we do. Uh, and, and so in the first draft of the report of the pastor that I gave to the district sounded very much like our text today. If I were to write down everything that Asbury did, the world itself could not contain all the things that we are doing and sent it on. Interestingly, it was sent back and it did not fulfill the obligation of the report of the pastor. I was trying to be clever and they didn't find it funny. So I found myself uh, a couple weeks ago asking the staff, what was a really cool thing we did in January? Oh, that's right, food for thought. And we had a rabbi here, and we had a Baptist pastor here telling our story. That's right. What was that really, I can't remember, what was that thing that we did over the summer? Oh, that's right, we did a drama camp for kids. And there were, there were 30 kids here learning a musical, half of whom had not been previously connected to Asbury. Okay, that's great. What do we have coming up? Oh, that's right, pumpkins. We have pumpkins coming up. We have this really cool thing coming up next year. And filling out all this paperwork giving the, 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 the annual conference uh, a, a record of all of the amazing things. that we, It was almost like a time machine. It was like entering into what we have done over the last year, what we are doing now, and, and what, we, what we hope to, what we plan to do in the future, which is very much like our text today. And I invite you to pay attention to the tense. I've said that before. Always pay attention to the tense. It says, this is present. This is the disciple who is testifying to these things and has written them down. And we know, not knew or will know, we know that his testimony is true. In the pre- Testimony is always in the present. Our testimony, the way that God is working through our life, is always in the now. That's why offering your testimony often is important because if I ask you today the way that God is working through you, you will have an answer. If I ask you tomorrow, I hope and pray that your answer is different and that you have grown and that the Spirit is challenging you and pushing you and prodding you to do new things. Testimony is always in the present. If it's in the past, we are not growing. If we say, well, I hope to give my testimony in the future, we're not following in the footsteps of Christ. Our testimony might be simple. Our testimony might be full of questions, unanswered endings, but a testimony is always, always in the present. And it's always rooted, it's always rooted in the past of what Jesus did. It goes on to say that these, there are also many things that Jesus did. There is a time and there is a place and there is scripture that has recorded the things of Jesus. And the gospel of John is written so that we might believe, so that we might have faith. And here is the story. 
Christ's activity recorded in the Gospels, the thinking through that activity and the application of the activity in the New Testament, and the affirmation of Jesus' Messiahship affirmed in the Hebrew Scriptures. We have the story. Remember in our first week we talked about how God's story is a five-act drama. It is a story. It is a narrative. And we are living in Act 4, the era of the Holy Spirit, because that gives us a clue. Later in our text today, it says, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. It points us into the future. And interestingly, it doesn't say will be written. Why? It says would be. There is um, there's a little room there of indefinitiveness. And it's simply because books cannot contain this story. They would be written down if books could contain it. But this story is a story that is written on our hearts. It's a story that we offer to our children and the next generation. It's a story that lives on as we march forward into the future, into Christian perfection, to use a Wesleyan term. This story lives and breathes and is alive in us. And writing the words down on paper just do not do it justice. It's a story that is lived by the things we do, the way we use our gifts, the time that we offer, the people with whom we surround ourselves. It is a story that is alive, written on our hearts. Yes, they would be written down, but it would be impossible to contain it all. Therefore, we must show it, and we must live it, and we must march forward. Now, it is Commitment Sunday, and I don't talk about money much, to the delight of many, to the chagrin of some. (laughs) But it's a day in which we meditate and we think and we ponder the way in which God is calling us into the future. Now, God offers the vision. God also equips the vision. But a pledge (laughs) helps us discern how and when and why we put this vision into practice. Now, there are three numbers. Like I said, if you're a guest here today and this is your first day at Asbury, uh, God bless you for coming on the last Sunday of a stewardship campaign. Uh, Not campaign. We're not uh, a, a stewardship gathering to talk about our resources of how we might march into the forward with what God has offered us. There are three numbers we work with. There's pledged, there's unpledged, and there's loose plate. Now, pledged, I'm, I'm happy to say, our pledged numbers from last year, for those who signed a card last year, our pledged numbers are actually ahead of the game in giving. Our ple- that's, that's, that's bozo. That pledge giving is, is, is ahead. People have given more. People that have pledged have given more than they normally do. That's good news. Amen. Gloria a Dios. And then there's the unpledged number. <laughs> the unpledged number is money that we can attribute to someone, but there's no pledge, there's no card, there's no pledge to which to attribute it. That number is very behind, just letting you know, by a couple of percentage points. And then there's loose plate. Loose plate is 
whatever else there is. <laughs> Loose plate, cash, coins, whatever there is. I find it fascinating. I find it fascinating that, that a pledged, those who signed pledge cards last year have actually given more than they signed up to give. And it's, there's this infection. There's this desire. Or as I like to say, once you write down what you can give and you start getting in the habit of doing that, you realize that you can give more. Once you have practiced and worked and, and you have accomplished running a mile, you get hungry. And you want to see if you can run too. Once you practice and get in the habit of serving with your time, like those who come on Monday uh, and, and serve in our food pantry and, and, and assort the food. It's not long before this same group of people who are giving their Monday morning start asking, what else can I do? There's a hunger and there's a desire that comes with commitment. Now, I would love to scare you into giving more. Saying that if, if you don't tithe, your salvation is in jeopardy. Or if you don't give as much as you can give, Jesus is crying. Or if you don't give, you won't be able to have a voice in the church. I'm not going to do that. And if you want a pastor to scare you into giving more, I'm not the pastor for you. But what I have seen is that those who make a commitment, those who make a practice and a habit of giving, they become hungry for what else God has in store for them. How is God calling me even more? Remember, remember in our first Sunday of the series, we talked about the never-ending story? Never-ending story. Oh. How could you forget? In that sermon, we talked about how Bastion, who's the main character of that uh, story, the more he read the story, the more he realized he was a character within it. The more we invest in learning and living out and sharing God's story, the more we realize that story has become ours. It becomes who we are and why we live and why we move. And the same is true of giving. I have never met... Well, let's see, how do, how do I phrase this? Um, <laughs> all right, I'm, I'll just throw it out. I'll just, that's fine. You can call the bishop. It's cool. Um, 527 North Boulevard, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70802. I've never met a generous giver who complained and was angry and was bitter. Ever. I've met plenty of folk who are angry, bitter, who are frustrated. And every now and again, just for fun, I, I go and look at their level of giving. It's usually zero. There is a generosity of spirit when you offer yourself. There just is. And when we hold on or we're in self-preservation mode, when we're living according to scarcity, we become bitter and angry with ourselves and with everyone around us. Fascinating thing in Cuba. <laughs> um, Linda, 
who's not here this morning, she's probably in, in the next service, Linda, um, asked me before we left, hey, the, the, the Cuba DS really wants you to preach at their Sunday night service. And I said, no. I, there's a language barrier. There's a culture barrier. I don't understand. I've never been to Cuba before. And no, I don't, I don't want to preach their Sunday service. So Linda asked again. <laughs> and I said no again. <laughs> so Linda asked a third time. I was like, what part of no, Linda, do you not understand? I thought it was done. Wasn't done. Got to Cuba. Saturday night before the Sunday service, Pastor Carlos, who is the district superintendent of Faya, uh, of a city called Moron, uh, M-O-R-O-N, Moron, came up to me and goes, uh, uh, Pastor Matt, Pastor Matt, Matt. And he said something in Spanish, and I didn't move, and I didn't understand. He goes, come here. You come here. And he pulled me off to the side. He goes, uh, Pastor Matt, you preach tomorrow. You preach tomorrow. I said about, I was like, oh, jeez. I said, how long? How do you say, uh, 45 minutes. Nope. I said, okay, okay. I said, all right, um, I'll, give you, I'll give you 12. Could you do 12? He goes, Pastor Matt. 30. And I felt like, am I buying a car here? Like, what's going on? We just going back and forth. So, 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 I, I did. I said yes, and I preached. And I just saw Linda, you know, just sitting in the back of the sanctuary, just grinning from ear to ear, baby. She was having a, a, a great time. Uh, and we talked about how our first job, see, there's a difference. There's a difference between hearing and listening. There's a difference. Our first job as Christians was to listen to the heart of God. It says in, uh, in Genesis that God took the man and placed him in a garden. Now understand that that took doesn't mean that God picked the man up and blam, put him down into the garden. Took is like, you know, you know the commercial, Calgon, take me away, right? It is a wooing. It is a calling. God took the man. In other words, we were filled with such a delight and such a passion and such a love of God that God called and we answered. And we entered. We heard God. We listened to the voice of God. And then, and then you know the story, we turned away and our hearing became listening. We might hear the voice of God but not, not answer, not, not be taken by it. And that's what giving does. There, there's a difference between giving an offering and, and, and pledging or putting something in the plate and making it a habit, making it part of who you are. There's a difference between listening and hearing what God is calling you to do. When people gather in Cuba for worship, Gloria a Dios, they expect a miracle to happen every time they gather. That was beautiful. 
That was beautiful to see. They said, God called us here for a reason, and we expect a miracle every time we gather. What miracle are you looking for? What miracle are you looking for today? God has called us here for a reason to be a people, to be a church, to be a faith community, to continue God's story into the future. And it's a story so grand that it cannot be contained on pages. There's a song that I'm going to sing during the offering. And it's from Godspell, and it's called Beautiful City. I want you to hear the words to this. We may not reach the ending, but we can start. Slowly, but surely mending. Brick by brick, heart by heart, now, maybe now. We start learning how. We can build a beautiful city. Now, I might not know much about numbers. Don't say anything, Tim Barnes. <laughs> but I do know that the world needs Jesus. Spend five minutes watching the news. The world needs Jesus. And there's no reason why that can't start right now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we can, in fact, build a beautiful city. A city that is surrounded with your Holy Spirit. A city who welcomes all. A city that strives for excellence. A city that strives so that all voices might be heard. A city in which every member is lifted up to you. So inspire us with your spirit to build that place, to build that city, to build that church. A church that will contain your story. A church that will share your story a church that will tell the world that the more we read that story and the more we live that story, we, become, we understand that that story becomes who we are, why we breathe, why we move. So may your glory, may your glory be upon us all. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.